Okay, brother, now for our first message today, brought to us by Mr. Ken Barton, entitled, That Depends on the Question. Reverend Dolly was the pastor of the local Norwegian Lutheran Church, and Pastor Sven was the minister of the Swedish Covenant Church across the street from each other. One day they were seen pounding a sign into the ground that said, The end is near! Turn yourself around before it's too late! As the car sped past them, the driver leaned out and yelled, Leave us alone, you religious nuts! From the curve, they heard screeching tires and a big splash. Reverend Noli turns to Pastor Sven and says, Do you think maybe the sign should just say bridge out? <laughs> but you know, he tries to be helpful. He's, he's put up other signs. <clears throat> and, and maybe you're not going to get... Oh, there it is. Thought you guys would enjoy that. It's, it's really scary if that was a for real sign, you know? And could be. Ephesians 6.10. Let's start in, 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 in Ephesians 6 through 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. There, <clears throat> stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with you with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. Sometime back I saw a bumper sticker on a car and it said, war is never the answer. And immediately the thought jumped into my mind, that depends on the question. Sometimes it must be the answer. So let us consider what war is. According to Wikipedia, war is a state of armed conflict between states, governments, societies, and informal paramilitary groups such as mercenaries, insurgents, and militias. It is generally characterized by extreme violence, aggression, destruction, and mortality using regular or irregular military forces. According to dictionary.com, it's a conflict 
carried on by force of arms as between nations or parties within a nation, war as between na uh, as by land, sea, or air, a state or period of armed hostility or active military operations, such as the two, two nations were at war with each other, or to carry on active hostility or contention. Throughout her life, she warred with sin and corruption. Now I'd like to pose this question to you. Suppose someone were waging a war against you in such a way that you weren't even aware of it. I meant to send, I don't think I did, I meant to send Brian another picture that I had one, it's called uh, the sitting duck. And it's got this duck sitting in a chair, it's got his glass of wine, and he's kind of looking up, like, what was that? And there's two bullet holes in the wall. <clears throat> Wasn't even aware of it, right? Suppose that someone has been working very hard to destroy you and your entire way of life. And doing so in such a way that whenever you fought back, you were the one who was attacked as the aggressor. In my opinion, that's what's going on in America. And that's also in the, the opinion of David Horowitz. He's got this book that I borrowed. Thank you. By David Horowitz. Dark Agenda, the War to Destroy Christian America. It's been going on for a long time. I get a kick out of people when, whenever a, a disaster happens, something bad, and they, they interview the... 20-year-old fellow that said, I've never seen anything like this in my life. You, know, you hadn't been around long enough. Hang around a while and you will. You know, I've been around 66 years and I can recognize some of this stuff that, as I saw it firsthand. In this book, Mr. Horowitz carefully and clearly uncovers how the left has worked to change society of the United States of America from one that is God-fearing and God-worshipping into one that is a godless heathen society. He points out that it's been going on at least since 1959 when Stephen Engel first started suing to have a prayer banned from being said in school. And with much help from the American Civil Liberties Union, he was a founding member of the New York affiliate, he finally got it to the United States Supreme Court, which found in his favor in 1962 in Engel versus Vitale. Want to hear this terrible, horrible, no good prayer? Brace yourselves. Here goes. Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependence on thee and we beg thy blessings upon us, our parents, our teachers, and our country. Amen. Engel and the ACLU lost their case in three state Supreme Courts. And here's the majority opinion of the New York Supreme Court, written by Chief Judge Charles S. Desmond. Not only, he says, is this prayer not a violation of the First Amendment, no decision of this or of the United States Supreme Court says or suggests 
that it is. But a holding that it is such a violation would be in defiance of all American history. And such a holding would destroy a part of the essential foundation of the American governmental structure. That the First Amendment was ever intended <clears throat> to forbid as an establishment of a religion, of religion, a simple declaration of belief in God is so contrary to history as to be impossible of acceptance. They didn't let these defeats bother them, though. After all, the ACLU had plenty of funds and legal expertise to put toward this battle. They finally got it before the United States Supreme Court, and they won. Justice Hugo Black, speaking for the ruling majority opinion, rejected the defense's two key arguments. One, that the prayer was voluntary, and two, that it reflected no particular religion. The court majority ruled that because the prayer did not address the belief of atheists, <laughs> I just saw one person go, <laughs> and I agree, atheists don't believe in it anyway. Uh, the court majority, let's see, it, because of that, it violated the Establishment Clause. They didn't cite any precedent or court decision because there were none. Mr. Harwood shares the religious website freetopray.info, their opinion for 170 years. Following the ratification of the Constitution and Bill of Rights, no court had ever struck down any prayer in any form in any location. But there it was. From that point on, the right of children or anybody else for that matter to pray has been greatly attacked. And certain, for certain, no organized prayers have been allowed. Oh, I, I should have said, end quote, it, that in any form, in any location, at the end of the quote. <clears throat> in the cafeteria of Carillon Elementary High School, or elementary school, hard to be elementary high school, in, in Oviedo, Florida, a five-year-old girl bowed her head to say grace before she ate. Moments later, a school employee, a lunchroom monitor, knelt down, bent down beside her and told her it was wrong to pray at school and she must never do it again. In Memphis, Tennessee, an elementary school teacher gave a writing assignment to her class and asked the students to write about their heroes and explain what made them their heroes. Ten-year-old girl, Erin Shade, chose to write about God. When she turned it in, the teacher refused to accept it. The teacher ordered Aaron to get the paper off of school property immediately. And here's the reason, because the teacher said, just having it in the classroom where her classmates might see it could violate the First Amendment. That almost gave me an immediate migraine headache. First Amendment. First what is the First Amendment, folks? Anybody? Right to free speech. But she doesn't have it. Some students who overheard the teacher's rebuke later mocked her for believing in God. She went home after school, asked her mother why it was wrong to talk about God in school. I'm telling you, after 
reading this book, and I'm not quite through. I get angry. <laughs> we were somewhere the other day, and I, I come in and talking with Glenda about it, and I just so angry, you know. She's calm now. You need to read this book. You need to read this book. We are at war. <clears throat> We've been played, and our nation and our rights are being destroyed. Now I've heard, you know, I, I know that there are some schools that are not as vigilant, but I'm sure that there are folks that are trying to get them on board. But God has warned us over and over in his word about how these things can happen, about how to recognize what is coming. Isaiah 5, 20 and 21. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. We see folks like that these days, don't we? They got all the answers. When it happens, when God's wrath, when God has enough, because he tells us they will have enough, he will eventually have enough. He will do something. We've read the book. We know how it ends. It ends with him coming and straightening it all out. But we have to go with The evil has to reach fullness. But it will be horrible. It will be horrible. <clears throat> We've been hearing messages lately here in the church about turning back to God. We're being told what can and will happen if the warnings are dismissed. <clears throat> I want to ask you a question, and I, I uh, want you. I want to ask a question, and I want you to ask it of yourselves. Doesn't what is happening? in the United States of America seem to echo what God told Solomon in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And I'm not talking about the horrible evil things that are coming up, but what, what is happening to our nation as far as, and we'll start in verse 13. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and heal their land. I looked up pestilence. You know, maybe it means something I didn't know. In Webster's 1916 edition dictionary, it said specifically the disease known as the plague. Hence, any contagious or infectious epidemic disease that is virulent and devastating. Several of the dictionaries referenced the bubonic plague, and it was. It was very devastating. There are others that come to my mind that we're battling these days. Cancer. You know, our nation has declared war against cancer. It worked about as good as so far as the war against alcohol and the war against drugs. They're all doing great. But there's marches, there's fundraisers, there's 
meetings, they just send money. Cancer, Alzheimer's, diabetes. To me, these are probably also what he's talking about when he says he's going to send, the pest send pestilences. And there's one coming up, folks, that the Centers for Disease Control, in my mind, not the most impeachment proof sources but they do they do a lot of studies but they're in their studies there is a an infection that is coming up that is getting stronger and stronger and stronger that they have absolutely no way to stop it they don't have any antibiotics or anything that affect it they're deal uh, on the news the other day about a guy in uh, Florida went swimming I think it was Florida got a flesh-eating disease it was dead in two days and then yesterday or the day before on the news they were talking about someone swimming in a pool and died from an amoeba a brain-eating amoeba Of course, I saw a deal, you know, the, the, the look you get on your face when the zombie's out looking for brains to eat and he walks by you. <laughs> and I may be that guy, but anyway. <clears throat> there haven't been any breakthroughs on any of these. There's been incremental, there's been little things. But we, we haven't had a, we haven't had a, a with the snakes on it, look to the snakes, look at the snakes and, and be healed from, safe from the, from the snake bites. It's my understanding from when I read that, when God first sent the snakes in, people started dying, right? And then there was a time lag there where people started realizing that people were dying. And so they went to Moses do something, Moses. So Moses goes to God, and God didn't say, okay, that's it, it's done. No, he said, I want you to make two snakes and put them on a pole and hold them up, and when people look at the snakes, they'll, or maybe it was one snake, doesn't make any difference. All they had to do was look at it. But, but, Moses had to make the snake, okay? He had to get the metal, he had to melt the metal or whatever. I'll stay up here. <laughs> Whatever it was he had to do, he had to do. So time was passing. A lot of people died. And it was just whoever the snakes happened to bite. Wasn't necessarily the horrible bad people. And that's the thing about a lot of these diseases. It doesn't, it's not uh, saying that People that have these diseases are bad people. It's saying that these diseases are coming and attacking us. <clears throat> one tactic that I have not seen yet is one of national revival. I really would like to see our government encourage repentance and revival in our nation. 
I know that if that was brought up right now, oh boy, we wouldn't be able to sleep for all the noise. <clears throat> so that brings me to how to kind of get away from this stuff. Psalms chapter 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. <clears throat> His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your left right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he, has, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands, lest they, or on their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I know a lot of this refers to Christ, but it also refers to us. Because why? We're his brothers. God is our Father, if, if we seek him. Don't get me wrong, I'm not, you see, I already said it. I come from a different background than some folks here. I come from them Baptists. It's been an interesting and enlightening journey, and I enjoy it, and I want to keep Keep it up. I know for a fact, because I read and believe his word, that if I hadn't straightened up and turned toward him, that sooner or later, he could have given up on me. But I thank God he does answer prayer. And he will come beside us and lift us up. And here's that biggest word in the entire Bible. If we will repent and turn toward him. I'm not going to call for an altar of prayer. I'm not going to ask Mike to have us all sing softly and tenderly. Okay? I am going to call upon us, his people, who are called by his name, to seek his face and pray and turn from our wickedness so that he will hear us from heaven and will turn his face toward us, forgive us our sins, and heal our lands. I know that sooner or later the end comes. I've read the book. Doesn't mean we have to usher it in, 
It's my understanding, though, that if we do not follow God's words, we will experience the same thing that those throughout the Bible who scorned God's love and warnings experienced. So here's my question. <clears throat> At the beginning of this, I told you about a, que a question, or a message, and I shared my question. I have another question. Do you want to follow evil and be destroyed? <laughs> 